Hello, listener, and welcome to this preview of our latest Patreon-exclusive episode. To continue the conversation and listen to the full episode, head over to the Beyond the Screenplay Patreon. The link is in the show notes. Hello, patrons, and welcome to this patron-exclusive episode on 10 Things I Hate About You, the winner of our rom-com vote, the 1999 film written by Karen McCullough and Kirsten Smith, directed by Gil Younger is what Brian told me to say. Uh, I'm joined by Brian and (laughs) Trisha and Alex, the whole team. Hello, everyone. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know the rules. (laughs) Where are we? (laughs) I like to go a little wild and crazy on the patron exclusives. I was going to do five hellos to do iambic pentameter, but then everything's messed up now. That's too many. That's a lot of thinking. Yeah. Yeah, that would have left us all pretty whelmed, I think. (laughs) So 10 things won our vote of the rom-coms because it is February and we must talk about rom-coms in February. Uh, Notting Hill went out first, then Crazy Rich Asians, then About Time. Clueless was the runner up, but 10 things won pretty handily, uh, which made me very happy because I love this movie. It is one of the entries in the vault of perfect 1999 films that should forever be memorialized as the greatest year of of film ever. It came out the same day as The Matrix. Really? These two movies came out on the same day. (laughs) What a year. Yeah. Just a wealth of riches. There's some metaphor. An embarrassment of riches? Sure. That sounds right. It's going to be hard to talk about this movie objectively because I remember watching it, I think, on VHS. Like, I think I was in eighth grade, whatever that was. I think I stayed home from school because I was like sick or something. And so it was like just me. And I was like, I'm going to watch this movie. And it was 10 things I hate about you. And it was just like this magical experience and just like spoke to me. And I wanted to be JGL. And I already had a crush on Larissa Olenek because... She's the girl from The Secret World of Alex Mack. So there's a lot of just like, I love this movie that's hard to parse. But trying to look at it more objectively this time, it's very well structured. There's a lot of good setup and payoff. Uh, Got a fun midpoint uh, Biggie Smalls dance at the party scene. Like there's (laughs) really cool beats happening. Third act, the finale, maybe is a little weak. Uh, in comparison to the rest of it. Um, but that's also just because the rest of it is um, amazing and hard, hard top. So those are my initial thoughts on uh, this movie, besides the fact that David Krumholtz is hilarious and yeah. I feel like makes this movie in so many ways. We can, yeah, the supporting characters in this are really good. Alex, tell me about 10 Things I Hate About You. Okay, are you guys ready for this? I had not seen this movie. What? <laughs> I was waiting for the podcast to start so, so we could capture, so we could oh capture gosh. your faces. Jesus Christ! What happened? I'm ashamed. Wow. I'm, I don't know. It, it was never played for me. I, I'd seen Clueless. I'd seen other like movies of this era that were like these kind of teen rom coms. But I, I didn't. I don't seek these movies out. Like I've never been a rom com person or even like a teen movie person. And I had friends who were obsessed with this movie, but for some reason it was never shown to me or I never had an occasion to watch it. Um, and like during the first half of this film, I kept thinking, 
oh my God, I was missing out. Like, this is <laughs> great. This is so funny. This is so much fun. It's so of the moment of that, like, late 90s feel, feeling that we're all nostalgic for as late 90s kids. Um, so, yeah, I was like, I got, I got it. I understood why everybody loves this movie and why it's weird that I haven't seen it. Um, but I can provide maybe some of that objectivity because I'm coming in hot. I just watched it for the first time <laughs> a couple days ago. <laughs> Okay. Um, wow. But yeah, no, I, I mean, it was just so much fun. I mean, the especially the first act and into the first half of the second act, I was just like, it was just pure joy because the movie was well paced, genuinely funny, constantly. The ensemble cast is just like the best ensemble cast. All the characters are so distinctive. And yeah, we'll talk about it all. But I, I was just like, damn, this movie is like firing on all cylinders. And I agree Michael, that I think by the end, it was kind of petering out for me, but they got to such a strong start. I was really surprised and really impressed. Nice. Okay. Well, that's, I mean, you think I know a person. Um, right. <laughs> it's shocking. <laughs> yeah, but that's cool. That's good. Okay. We'll have like that perspective is good. Well, then I want to go to Brian because I'm, I feel like he's maybe the only other wild card in this group. Brian, tell me. I, I've seen this movie one more time than Alex, uh, and that was <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> way back when it came out. Basically, uh, I probably saw it in two thousand ish, two thousand, yeah, probably two thousand. And you know, I I don't remember having a strong reaction to it. It's definitely um, just like silliness of it is like not totally my thing. Um, but I also didn't dislike it. I thought it was I I enjoyed it, and I, I still remember some scenes really well, like the opening. Um, the kind of walk through the school, you know, and of course the big, the big singing scene. Also, some of those are just clips that I had seen again in the past 20 yeah. years. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, watching it again with some distance, uh, it was really just, just delightful, uh, to watch some of those like silly things don't still work for me. Um, but I think they are kind of necessary for what this movie is. Um, and, uh, and, and it just, you know, great cast and some really smart writing. And, and it's that kind of, it's that kind of very self-aware where it's like, yeah, we're going to be a little over the top and, and goofy and stuff, but we know exactly why we're doing it and when we're doing it, you know? And it's sort of like, it almost reminded me of Mean Girls a little bit of that. Oh, yeah. Like we are going to do, we're just going to have like, you know, teachers saying these things and like, you know, writing, <laughs> writing their, um, their romance novels. And so it's like, this movie's not trying to be grounded, but also that's just what the movie is. And if you kind of go with us on this ride, then then it's worth it. And uh, and yes, yeah, just there was this weird time of like these mo Shakespeare modernizations. I think we have right. Baz Luhrmann to blame probably with with uh, Romeo plus Juliet. Thank is the word you're looking for. Yes, <laughs> yes. I don't know. I mean, have you seen O or Ethan Hawke's Hamlet or I yes, mean, I have Night's seen Rave. Ethan Hawke's Hamlet. Uh, all of which. Star Julia Stiles. Um, yep. <laughs> right. Oh. oh, no. Midsummer Night's Rave stars Andrew Keegan and is directed by someone named Gil. There's a whole, there's this whole strange <laughs> rabbit hole of late 90s, early 2000s Shakespeare adaptations. Um, and, but this is definitely one that is not trying very hard to be Shakespeare. It's trying to be its own thing. And I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. And the style, as you're saying, it, it's a movie that knows it's a movie. It knows, you know, it's a movie and right. it's just going to be a movie and have fun with that. And that can be refreshing sometimes. It's like literal cowboys with lassos, <laughs> like on a normal school day in the front of the school. My school had cowboys. There is. <laughs> High school's weird, man. Yeah, it's true. Um, okay. 
Trisha, tell me about 10 things. I couldn't tell you where I first saw this movie, um, but I really, really love it. You know, I have it on VHS. Um, that's not how I still watch it. You can just watch it on your Disney Plus. <laughs> there's, no, there's no need to get your VHS out to watch it now. Um, but yeah, I've seen it probably so, I don't know, dozens of times, I would imagine, over the years. And it's super quotable. It's really fun and delightful. The cast, I just feel like, makes this movie. Yeah. I mean, it's so stacked, like, you know, all the way down to, like, yeah, Alice and Janney and, like, everybody is really Gabrielle Union is there, like yeah. just being awesome, you know, and she's in like, I don't know, three or four scenes. Um, it's great. Like, and the writing is is wittier, I feel like, than it needs to be. There are some really inventive moments that other teen movies try to get, but do, but don't quite hit in the same way that this movie hits. Um, obviously the singing in the stadium is like one of those iconic moments that the movie just really nails. But there's a few of them um, that are just like, oh, yeah, this part again. This part's so fun. I also like this. It's a delight. I, I think it's got an interesting structure. I agree with you, Michael, that it has a lot of strong setups and payoffs, but it also has sort of an episodic structure to it, or I guess just what I mean is like a little bit of a Shakespearean setup to it where there's lots of characters with different plans, like making different plans. And so like we're following what's going on with Kat and we're following what's going on with Patrick, but they're not in every scene. There's lots of scenes with just, you know, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character Cameron and David Krumholtz's character Michael. And there's tons of scenes with just those guys like running around making, you know, plans and things, you know, and then there's other scenes that we're fully with, like, yeah, Larissa Olenek's character, Bianca, and she's over here doing this. And I don't know, it just, it kind of has that a little bit of a, a sprawling, like not so focused thing that does create an ensemble, but isn't the kind of ensemble that we've been talking about lately where the characters all have arcs or anything like that. Mm. It isn't quite to that level. So I don't know. It's just, a, it's really interesting in its structure. It, it is Shakespearean in a lot of ways where there's a kind of a lot to keep track of. But as you mentioned, Alex, the, the characters are so colorful and distinctive and fun that I like whenever I'm in a scene that doesn't have Cat or Patrick in it, I'm not sad that they're not there. There's a lot of other interesting stuff that's fun, you know, things that are happening. And so I think it's just, yeah, a very strong adaptation of a uh, a work that could be potentially really hard to adapt in other hands. The director, Gil Younger, is a TV guy, like lots and lots and lots and lots of TV <laughs> from the 90s and into the aughts as well. And I feel like you kind of get that sensibility of like juggling, mm. you know, a lot of different plot lines or characters or... Um, and I feel like he knows how to shoot this kind of, you know, it's it's like sort of this really dynamic, thinking about the opening sequence where the camera's moving around mm -hmm. the school and and kind of that, that I don't know, it almost has a multicam, like sitcom feel to it, even though it's a movie. Um, I don't know. It's I think it it's a really good marriage of a lot of different things coming together. Hope you enjoyed this preview clip. To continue the conversation and listen to the entire episode, head over to the Beyond the Screenplay Patreon. The link is in the show notes.